Hey, how you doing? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Welcome back to the Mindset Value Podcast with your boy, Seeking Atwood. What's up, everybody? How you doing? How's life? How's everything taking you? Economy of Ruto in our Pelecade. Manaskia Fiti. Nikatikatia Mwezi na Joa. Na Joa Pesa Kidogo Menza Kupotea Potea. But Nisao, but Nisao. Tuna man. Life is not just taxes and death, so just sit back and relax and let's unwind for the next 30 or so minutes, yeah. First of all, I want to give a big shout out to everyone who's already done the thing, already been on the pages, already following and sharing. Bless up to all of you. Naopenda sana, sana, sana. Like, naopenda sana, sana. And just, yeah, tuendele. You know, episode ya kwanza, like, this is the first. Like, you know, the other one was what it was, but that was more of, like, just bring it in. That was the intro, so this is now the first one. This is the one that has the asterisk number one on it. Actually, it doesn't have an asterisk. It just has number one on it. And yeah. First of all, I don't know if I'll make it. Because you see, when I'm doing this right now, it's like 10, it's like 12 hours to when the episode is supposed to drop. The original episode was recorded and it was fire. But I messed up with the OJ. Something just went wrong. Where like, again, in this journey, I told you, you'll be ups and downs. So I know you can't hear me when I say cross your fingers and hope that the episode is released on time. But I'm crossing my fingers and I hope that the episode is released on time. But yeah, that's what happens when you try new stuff. And yeah, anyway, let's let's get into today's size of the appetizer for today is by Zig Ziglar. And it says that when you catch a glimpse of your potential, that is when passion is born. When you catch a glimpse of your potential, that is when passion is born. And if you're smart enough, you can already see that we're going to segue into the topic of passion today for the mindset segment of the podcast. And I don't know, I think the way I'm going to look at it, you probably haven't seen it dis- dissected this well in a while, in a minute. Try and look at all facets of it from top to bottom, in and out. But we'll start with the simple things, which are definitions, you know. So, it is what it is. This is a definition based on the, I think this was based on the Cambridge Dictionary. So, passion is a intense emotion towards something, an extreme interest in or wish for doing something, such as a hobby or activity. Very powerful feelings. So it's an intense emotion and it's very powerful feelings and it's an extreme interest or wish in doing something. So you see this word passion is like the way J.D. Smith made entanglement hot. It's like the way red flags were hot. It's just those words that wherever you say it, you will always bring up a conversation. It's it's a loaded, it's a heavy, heavy, heavy word. And I don't know. Passion is this thing that confuses a lot of people because what is life? Is life supposed to be about passion? Like... Are you supposed to only live a passionate life? What if your life is boring and you have no passions? Have you not accomplished life? Or have you not lived? I don't know. But think about it like this. If you want a date, and I don't know if it's your girlfriend, your wife, or somebody who you want a date with, and just as you guys are waiting for your meals to come through, this person asks you, hey, what's up? Um, what's your passion in life? Or what are you passionate about in life? You probably will have an answer because I believe you all are smart, but it's one of those questions you're asked and then you pause for a second and your whole life flashes before you and then your reason for living and your purpose for being come into your head and you become, you question everything you've ever believed. In in 30 seconds before you answer that question, you question everything that you ever believed and then an answer pops out of nowhere. It could be a shallow answer, it could be a vague answer, it could be an answer that you think will impress your date. I don't know, maybe you say climate change, maybe you say save the world. Maybe you say you love kids. I don't know. That 
are those answers that probably aren't your passion, but you know it's a safe bet, it's a safe answer. If I give this answer, this guy will be okay with me. And are those answers you give that you know, hey, legit, this is this is this is my passion. Like there are people, quote unquote, I have people who really care about climate change. Like shout out to Sam. Like I feel like for him, that is his passion for sure. Like the youth and climate. Like he really just his he the change for him in the African society in the world in general is such a big thing for him. And him, if he was on a date, I know he'd be like, yeah. That's what his passion is. And that's cool. He's he's lucky. So not, not everyone can answer that question honestly. Everyone can answer that question, but not everyone will give an honest answer to that question. So hopefully after we debunk this thing called passion by the end of the episode, you'll have an honest answer to it or you'd work towards an answer that is honest. So we've already seen what the dictionary says. A definition of passion is intense emotion, intense feeling, intense desire to do something, or int- intense wish of doing something. Okay, cool. That's the dictionary. Now, as I was doing research for the episode, I came across a very nice article that now took the, the definition and the explanation of the word passion a bit further, a bit deeper, a bit more. It, it dived a bit more into it. And it said that your passion should be, passion is pain. Passion is pain. Because the origin of the word passion comes from the word party. And in Latin, party means suffering. Thus, intertwining suffering and passion. Thus, that is why passion is pain. Meaning that passion isn't necessarily about feeling good and happy and joy, no. But it does mean getting something that matters deeply to you, deeply to us. When something matters to you, you won't mind the suffering. So even on the days you don't feel like it because it matters deeply to you and means something to your life, you'll do it. Enjoyment and excitement for doing any particular activity always fades out. That's the that's the sad thing about life, eh? All the happiness is always gonna end, but sometimes you think like the sorrow and the dark days never end. It's a very dark segue, but I think so same thing with passion. You gotta suffer for your passion. You gotta have some pain for your passion. I'm not saying you stab yourselves with knives and then stuff. No, I'm just saying it's not always gonna be roses and daisies. That's the thing. Yeah, it's not always going to be roses and daisies. Because if the bare minimum, the definition of the word comes from Latin, meaning pain, and uh, meaning passion is pain. The word passion comes from party in Latin, which means suffering. So you got to suffer for your passion. And when you suffer, you experience pain. And the only way you'll continue to experience pain and suffering is if you're doing something that matters deeply to you. Not something that you really enjoy, but something that matters deeply to you. Even in life, when it comes to the people you believe and trust in, your parents or whoever you love in this world, you will suffer for them and you will be in pain for them because they matter deeply to you. Not because you enjoy being around their presence, heck no. Because they matter deeply to you. Those are the only people you're willing to suffer for. Even in this perfectly Hollywood scripted, they suffer for people who matter for them. Other than the love stories that are just out of this world, most of them, they suffer for people who matter deeply to them. So when you just bring it back, it's the same thing. Passion is when you suffer for something that matters deeply to you. Now, a thing is to be really passionate about something is to be in love with the process. The not-so-sexy stuff, the behind-the-scenes, the putting in the long hours, the breaking your back, the shooting the hoops, the doing the legwork, doing the research, not just the end result. If you want to be a basketball player, it's being in love with the before LeBron James, before Kobe Bryant. It's the long hours shooting hoops, the long hours doing suicides at the at the court. It's the long hours just doing the free throws. You want to be like Messi, it's being in love with the long hours taking free kicks, the long hours juggling the ball. It's like you want to perfect the before and you're not just interested in the glitz and glamour. Sorry, 90% of my examples are usually sports guys because sports athletes are very inspirational and also sports is the easiest thing to draw comparisons to. For most of us, the things you do that you consider as passions, 
you're interested in the glitz and glamour. You already see yourself on a billboard. You already see yourself, I don't know, walking down the whole red carpet in Hollywood or something. And the sad thing about it is 90% of people don't make it past the first five hours or the past five weeks when they chase their passion because it didn't matter deeply to them. They weren't driven by shit other than the glitz and glamour at the end of the tunnel. I think someone like Michael Jordan would have become Michael Jordan if he didn't put in the sweat. You need to watch the... 98. What is it called? The Last Dance. I think that's a good definition. That's a good way to understand putting in the legwork before becoming the star, the celebrity, or before breaking into the scene. Because you'll see it with how MJ and the Bulls, how they was like the hours you have to put in order for people to see the end result. We all see the, the game, the one game, the dope game, the good season, the great year someone has. But if it's a musician, you never see the behind the scenes in the studio when they're punching walls and the beat is and entering, the tempo is off, the rhythm is off, they have creators block. Nah. Nah. And I think sometimes with creators block, that's when the pain or passion becomes too much. Like you've just reached the tolerance level. You're like, no, I need a half time. I need to step out a bit. But yeah, that's one way of identifying what your passion is. Because if you're in love with the glitz and glamour, you're not willing to put in the long. You know the sad thing about a little bit is just because you put in the 10 hours a day, 5 hours a day, 7 hours a day for the next 5 years, for the next 2 years, for the next 60 years, I don't know. It just... It's not a given that you will break through. It's not a, a given that the glitz and glamour will come. Yes, it should. Because you've put in the work, you've put in the hours. And if you've done the things the right way, it should come. Your success should come. However you measure it and however you value it. But it's not a given. Things could change along the way. You could find something new. Another opportunity comes up. Maybe it's just not your destiny if you believe in destiny. Like, that's the thing. You need to be ready to put in the long hours, put in the legwork, and also be comfortable with the fact that you're doing all this. And it might just be, it's just passion for you. You're not even trying to, yes, you have goals and things you want to hit, but you're not trying to be quote-unquote famous, quote-unquote celebrity, quote-unquote superstar. I don't know if that makes sense. But yes, that's a thought you should have in your head, always, in whatever you achieve. Um, had this one somewhere, and I think it made sense. As an artist, you don't do, and by artist, I don't mean someone who just draws. I mean anyone who's in the world of art. You don't produce art so that because people like it, you produce your art because you're so in love with it that you think, wow, other people should experience this art too. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's an offering you're making to God to be like this is what you blessed me with and I'm perfecting it or I've perfected it and now I want to share it back to the world you're not doing it because you want the world to what's the word um validate you no 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 you're doing it because in your you you're so happy and pleased with what you're able to do and you feel kind of mean not sharing it with the world you put it out for the tens of thousands for the one person to enjoy it but whoever enjoys it doesn't affect you putting it out yeah. Anyway, sometimes we think we're passionate about something and in truth, we only enjoy these things in small doses at our own terms and that's fine. That means you like those things and like doing them from time to time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're passionate about them. The things you do every three weeks, every two weeks, every two months, and you'll be like, yeah, that's my passion, until you want to do it for one month consistently and you're like, mm -mm, no, I just like doing this every weekend to, to unwind, to declutter my brain. And again, it's fine. That's the thing. You need to define what is your hobby and what is your passion. I think hobby is where the enjoyment really matters. What hobby you need to enjoy? You can't have a hobby that you don't enjoy what what about it makes a hobby if you not if you don't enjoy doing it if you don't enjoy participating in that activity but when you talk about passion and suffering you kind of think of work 
and someone might come for me for what I'm about to say, but there are so many people who resent their work but go to work every day because they have paychecks and bills to pay. And the paycheck at the end of the month is motivation enough for them to endure the suffering. That's fine. That's that's good. There are people who are lucky enough to be working their passion, and that's fine. And there are people who are meant to be workers in life and go in the 9 to 5, 10 to 4, whatever. is sufficient for them. But the difference I see between working and passion is, right, you can be broke as hell when you're beginning your passion. Ha, when you turn that passion into a paycheck, my gee, it's not an easy, it's not a walk in the park, as they say. You can be dead broke questioning your belief systems and everything. And all the voices of your aunties and uncles ringing in the head, just go to work, just go to PwC and make the money. Start coming back to your head. And that's where now I think you tested, you really tested. Are you like, am I Am I really going to go till you go on with this? Because the point it reaches, oof, it just becomes too much, man. It just really becomes too much. So that's the perfect segue into turning that paycheck, turning that passion into a paycheck. Like transitioning from a passion to a profession is a very big journey that often comes with both ups and downs. But what you see out there is mainly about the ups. Everyone is like, hey, quit your nine to five, go do your passion. Kids in school are like, mom, dad, I want to stop being in school. I want to go play soccer. I want to do this. And everyone is like, yeah, you should chase your passions in life. Like, are you living if you're not doing something that you're passionate about? And I get that. I definitely get that. But let's see if you get that too. Or if your mind will change as we finish this. Let's talk about passion. So what does it mean to turn your passion into a paycheck? Like an artist selling the artwork. A food enthusiast becoming a chef. You know, someone who likes to travel becoming a travel blogger. Transitioning from pursuing a passion as a pastime. Turning it into a source of income. What does it feel to monetize this thing? Oh, the motivation and the acceleration you get from making your first do from your passion is like none other. But that first paycheck you get is very, it's very different. It feels amazing. Like when you earn money from your first paycheck of your passion, it's like a different feeling. When your mind opens up to the idea that you can make money from something you love doing, it's a messed up feeling and a dope feeling at the same time because it skews your world. In the beginning, this thing was a pastime, a release, an unwinding, and then you start making money. And then it comes to your head and it disorients everything you ever thought. If you were doing a 9 to 5, it messes up with your head and starts lying to you and telling you, you know what, you can stop going to job and you can start pursuing this thing as a full-time career. Like it opens up your mind to, to different avenues and different ways you can make money that you previously maybe wouldn't have thought of. You feel rewarded, you feel like all the hours you put in the backyard are being rewarded, they're coming to life like... If you used to stay up late, if you, did, if you used to sacrifice your, your shirehills here and there, you start feeling like, okay, okay, it was kind of all worth it. It was kind of all worth it. But again, it also depends. What is your value system based on? Is your value system based on money? You will feel validated. If your value system is based on, oh, dope work, good like people's comments and people are praising you, that's what will give you validation. But I'm just saying, in general, you start making money from your passion, bro. It's a good feeling, man. I won't even lie to you. It's a good feeling. And as I said, it opens up your mind. You feel rewarded. And you're like, you know what? I could actually do this as a as a full-time thing. And then boom. Like for me, when I started making money out of photography for the first time, I was like, okay, you know what? I actually hadn't even looked at it like this. But since it's a possibility and since it's being in true, you know what? Why not? And actually for me, it kind of drove me. When I started making my first money, it kind of drove me deeper into the world of photography, deeper into the learning curve. Like at first, 
quote unquote there's some gigs i bullshitted in the beginning and it, and it's fine it got me through the door but then i got into the world and i learned more and more and more you know when you switch that dial from auto to manual that's what happened to me like i entered the world now you start knowing the terminology you start knowing the pyramids you start knowing the technicalities you start knowing everything related with it in a professional way but then came the dark side like came the came the what came the other side of the coin that is not talked about like the financial uncertainty who as i've already said the increased pressure the loss of enjoyment the burnout the risk of failing the funny thing about doing something that you're passionate about quote unquote is you work harder than you would for your job it probably work a 6 hour shift or 7 hour shift but when you're doing this other thing you probably work for 10 12 hours and that's on monday to monday basis for some people they, they are disciplined monday to saturday sunday is off they're back on the grind and sometimes the people around you will be like you you need to take a break you need to take a break but you're like i get it i get it i need to take a break but i have orders here and there i have clients there are people waiting for their pictures let's use the photography example there are people waiting for their pictures that are already shot i got to edit them i got another gig coming up during the weekend i got to prep for that i got to do some research on so and so i bought some new equipment that i need to test out and make sure i got the hang of before my next gig or my next in studio photo shoot so you find yourself doing so much at once that's why you find yourself extrapolating your work time from probably 7 hours to 10 12 hours and it's over a period of 4 5 6 days and that's when the burnout comes very it's very easy because you overwork to succeed in your passion driven career and it negatively impacts both your your, your work that is your passion and your personal life perhaps if you work in 12 hours a day and you sleep what 6 hours a day that's 18 hours you're left to 1920 to 1920 so you're left to like 6 hours to do other stuff and you probably even too tired to leave the house or leave your workstation or leave wherever you are the other thing is the loss of enjoyment you know in the beginning when you do this thing and it's just you your camera and your your photography eye of seeing a leaf here an insect there a, a model over there you doing portrait shoots at your own pace at your own time it's enjoyment you come down you sit down you edit when you want to edit you you do the thing when you want to do the thing bra once you start making it as a professional thing the enjoyment is it can disappear very very fast very very fast like the joy you once experienced from your passion can diminish when it becomes a job they need to meet deadlines satisfy clients can turn something enjoyable into a demanding responsibility you got to suffer for your passion remember that but the thing is just like i read once the deadlines once people the increased pressure of servicing your clients the increased pressure of meeting deadlines and what not you look at your camera we still using the camera the example of a photographer You look at your camera and you used to look at it and your li- eyes light up but now you look at it and you remember all the work that you have to do all the work that you're currently doing and all the work that's coming in and instead of you looking at oh yeah this is going to be a lot i have a lot of money now you look like damn i'm just doing this for clients and 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 contracts and jobs and gigs when am i doing this for me because you know as much as you enjoy it when you take pictures for clients you're doing it for the client you finish you send it to them there's that relation between you and your passion that made you fall in love with it and made you allow the suffering for it so when you turn it into a profession at times you don't have it for yourself anymore if that makes sense you don't have the ability to create the art for yourself because now all you're doing is creating the art for paychecks and gigs and clients and the less of enjoyment really comes because you've turned it away from your 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 passion it's now your career it's now your work and the increased pressure also kind of doesn't help let me tell you when you have deadlines left right and center people calling you my photos are ready are my pictures ready are my videos ready and for some reason everyone believes that photos should be edited in two days like psh, yeah i get it now we have ai it's kind of a lot faster but a few years ago we had no ai and for people who are starting out you don't edit photos 
was in two days. What? And videos. Those are the worst clients. I hated clients used to come around. We've taken videos of their gig. It's been three days they're asking for their shit. I've told you it'll take a minimum of seven days for you to get your shit. Relax. Like this was said before we engaged. Relax. They're coming. And there you are. The increased pressure. And now you have pressure. And you, if you have a team under you, you take the pressure out. That's not what a good leader does. But you take your pressure out on the younger guys. Or you take your pressure out on your crew. I'm just telling you, it just doesn't make sense. And that's the pressure of meeting deadlines. There's a pressure of finances, buying equipment, paying bills, moving here and there, charging charging the right fees. Because as much as it's it's good to get money, sometimes it's hard to get money because you can't charge as high as the other people because your work hasn't, you know, you haven't penetrated the market yet. Your work hasn't reached who it needs to reach on time for them to be like, okay, yeah, we'll pay you 10000 Those 10000 is the going market because you you knew and you need penetration pricing you're like okay i'll do it for six thousand and in the beginning that kind of hurts you and your career driven passion your passion driven career sorry i'm just saying there's a lot of people talk about about turning this your passion into your career lovely well and good but you really need to think if you have the, a the mental fortitude and b if you're really willing to suffer for it because you will suffer for it party passion is pain pain suffering you need to be ready to diverse it's not glitz and glamour don't look at the people who are sitting on top of the throne look at the people who are still climbing the mountain to reach the throne look at the way these people reached the throne the story before because if you look at them on top of the hill trust me you will think you can do anything until you quit your job or until you start reducing the amount of hours you work at your office so that you can focus on your passion and then you realize oh god i made the wrong decision i don't have the mental fortitude for this a b you only enjoy doing this thing at your own times and at your own designation oh my god now you started hating it or c you didn't have enough money in the bank for you to drop and do this passion first of all i don't think you can have enough money in the bank but make wise decisions that's all i'm saying like feel it out try it on your on saturdays and weekends before you make this life-altering decision to be like you know what i'm gonna quit the night five i'm gonna go and do my passion if you finish high school or you finish college and there's this thing in your head that you know you really wanna do you had advice you take it up then don't wait just do it then do it before you move on to your next stage if you finish high school and this thing you know for sure for sure do it before you go to college if you do college and you finish do it before you start your nine to five or while you're starting your nine to five because once you start leading to a new phase of life changing changing into the next phase of life sometimes it, it's hard and it takes time like you would be stuck in a place and you know what you need to do but just because of all the other chess pieces that you need to move to make the right play it kind of it kind of takes a lot of time if you know what i mean so yeah you gotta put that into consideration when you think of changing your passion into your paycheck but i don't know i think practical things i can say though about like setting boundaries for you when you start this passion thing Set boundaries, practice self-care, delegate or outsource, continue learning because you need to stay open to learning and growth. You need to explore new aspects of your passion, you need to acquire new skills, you need to attend workshops, you need to attend places where guys are speaking, you need to be out there like you. You need to be tapping into that space as much as possible where there's a speaking engagement go, where there's one of your mentors or one of the people you look up to in the field go, go, go. That's the only way you keep, you know, climbing up the ladder of passion and climbing up the ladder whatever you're doing even your workspace if you IT finance guy 
tap into that space man when the workshops and shit enda enda zote man ukiona nani anaongea pale nua ticket enda ukiona nani yako pale nunua enda 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 youtube yako unafa kuusha tengeneza youtube moja yenye tune yeye maneno kama uko serious inafaa tu kwa hiyo maneno kuna una tu DIYs tips and tricks hottest things you should be following blogs and man. like your resource you should have a resource center that revolves around this passion of yours or this career of yours because the worst thing you can do to yourself is stay stagnant the worst thing you can do yourself is not move forward and that's 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 the truth if 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 you ukikapa limoja utaisonga ukikalia the knowledge that you have and you don't build on it you don't interact with your people you don't explore you don't broaden your horizons trust me bro trust me it's gonna be different it's gonna be really different also outsourcing is good and delegating is good but yeah i need you to remember one thing passion is not all about the glitz and glam passion came from the word party which is latin for suffering so passion is pain be ready to suffer for your passion but the only way you can suffer for your passion is if it's something that matters deeply to you and something that matters deeply keyword deeply to you you need to be in love with the long run not just the glitz and glamour you need to be in love with the before lebron before leo messi not just the leo messi and lebron you see at top because there's a lot of work a lot of pain a lot of suffering a lot of tedium a lot of repetition goes into making that passion whatever it is and yeah i think with that my friends you can now identify what is your passion and you can see about it what you think is your passion is your passion or if it's a hobby now i'm done with the serious stuff let's talk about food <laughs> welcome to the menu segment of the mindset menu podcast today we're gonna look at very simple stuff I know most of you know three course and four course meals and I think that's a full course a full course of a meal should have a starter appetizer main and a dessert yeah a starter appetizer main and a dessert but depending on what type of restaurant you in depending on what type of event you in you can stretch this four course three course meal into between 10 and 12 different things like you can have a 12 course meal you can have a 10 course meal and i'll try and give you a rundown of what uh, what is included in a in a 12 course meal just so you know so as i said a full course meal could include an appetizer a main dish and a dessert but now sometimes these meals can go a very long length so if you're doing a 12 course meal Let me tell you what this thing would be. An hors d'oeuvre, an amuse-bouche, a soup, and then an appetizer. You see, I've said three things and then I said appetizer. An hors d'oeuvre, an amuse-bouche, and a soup, and then an appetizer. And then after the appetizer, you have a salad, you have fish, you have your first main dish, you have the palais cleanser, you have your second main, you have your cheese, you have your dessert, and then you have your menu dishes, your post-meal drinks and pastries. Let me just pause out of everything I said there. I can really pick out things that you don't know. You don't know what an ordave is. You don't know what a amuse-bouche is. Probably you don't know what a palate cleanser is and probably don't know what a menu dessert is. But I'll go I'll run that thing down one more time for you. The ordave, amuse-bouche, the soup, the appetizer, the salad, the fish, the first main, the palate cleanser, the second main, the cheese plate, the dessert, menu dessert, post-meal drinks and pastries. Let me give you a rundown. Let me help. So the palate cleanser is just something to wash out the flavors in your mouth so that you can experience. You see it's served after the first main and before the second main. So you have a palate cleanser. It's usually neutral flavors to clean your mouth. It's a cleanser. It cleans your mouth quote unquote. So that you're able to experience the second main for what it truly is. Like you're able to experience all the flavors in the second main. Like if you had ice cream, like a, a thick chocolate ice cream and then you go and have a pizza. 
without having anything in between. The taste of the ice cream would still be in your mouth. You wouldn't be able to fully appreciate the taste of the pizza. So that was, that's what a palate cleanser does. You take it, it's usually like, a, it's a drink. So you, most times it's a drink, but you take it in, clean your mouth, eh? quote unquote, not gargle. You don't do, no, you can just take it and you can do it stuff. So it will wash out whatever you had first, but you're able to fully appreciate what you're about to have next. That's what a palate cleanser is. Let me look at something else that might be different. Ah, uh, an order. First of all, I need to show you how this word is spelled. This word is spelled H-O-R-S space D for dog apostrophe O. E U V R E S O Dove. Yeah, I know. An hors d'oeuvre is a bite sized savory food. It's usually served as a prelude to a meal or during a cocktail party or reception. They can be cold, they can be hot, and they are often served on platters or trays for guests to help themselves. More substantial than the amuse bouche, which I'm about to tell you what is, and appetizers, and can include a wide variety of dishes from quiches skewers and finger sandwiches yeah they make coffins like tumpi and after the order if we go to the amos amos bush a m u s e hyphen b o u c h e in french translate to a term a mouth amuser playing with your mouth they're also very small culinary creations often presented on a spoon or a other small vessel they are typically served as complimentary surprise course in fine dining restaurants. You don't order these things. The chef adds them to your course and it's a way of the chef to show off their creativity and their culinary skills. The other word I mentioned that is at the last ukochinika beside the full course meal, that is the apokopos meal drinks and pastries, you have a pay, something called the minyedis. A minyedis. A, A for apple, space. Minyardis, M-I-G-N-A-R-D-I-S. I need to say that again. Minyardis, M-I-G-N-A-R-D-I-S-E. Minyardis, small, bite-sized sweet treat or confection, typically served at the end of a meal in fine dining establishments. They're often presented as part of the dessert course or as a follow-up to the dessert course along with coffee or tea. Their main work is to give a final burst of flavor and delight to the palate to your mouth, rounding off the whole dining experience. Yeah, an example is like an alfonso mango tart. And just, I think now you know everything that occurs in a 12 course. We have the hors d'oeuvre, the amuse-bouge, the soup, the appetizer, the salad, the fish, the first main, the palate cleanser, the second main, the cheese plate, the dessert, and the nudies and post-meal and drinks. That has been the Mindset Menu with your boy Asikina. So I'll see you on the next episode. Keep liking, keep sharing, keep following, drop comments, insights, questions, anything you would like to see on the podcast, drop them in the DMs, drop them on the comment section on the next episode. I'll drop on the Spotify. And you know where to reach us. Yeah. Out. Peace.